Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Presented by Locked On, it's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host here on this edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. We got Kyle Krabs up out of here today, and we pushed that upgrade button, bringing in Jonah Tolls, one of our newest colleagues over at the Draft Network. Not somebody that we're new to working with, but we finally had the opportunity to bring him on. Glad he's back, and glad he's back talking football with me here on this podcast today. Jonah, welcome. How we doing? Dude, I'm doing good, Joe. I'm an avid listener of Draft Dude, so I, I'm really happy to be on the show. Well, you know, uh, it'll be nice to not have to hear Kyle's shit for a day, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> just get him out of the way. No, okay, look, look, Kyle's probably listening all pissed off at me right now for saying all this, but <laughs> miss you, man. Hope you have a good little getaway this weekend and can't wait to record with you again on Monday. But today I got Jonah. Jonah is he knows football across the board, but he really kind of has a feel for these defensive backs. And we haven't talked as much about the 2020 NFL draft classes. Uh, maybe we should have over the summer, but I wanted to do that today here, focusing on the defensive yeah. backs. Jonah doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. And I, that was very much on purpose because I want to have very authentic reactions to him from him. And so my first question for you, Jonah, is when I talk about the 2020 cornerback class, who's that first name that really pops in your mind? Really, the first thing that pops to my mind is Virginia's Bryce Hall. And that's because I think he would have been the top cornerback selected if, had he declared for the last draft. Um, because, you know, look at his length, look at his ball skills. He really possesses everything you want in the modern-day NFL corner. So I was really surprised when he went back considering his production and his traits. He's definitely the one guy that stands out, especially because he's a top senior cornerback. And I know he's going to be in the next draft class. So he's the, really the one guy that stands out for me. Yeah, you know what I mean? De- DeAndre Baker was cornerback one last year, right? I mean, yeah. come on now. Bryce Hall's a better prospect than DeAndre Baker. 100%. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Bryce Hall, not necessarily what he can do on the field. I've raved about that. You've raved about that for a year now, it feels like. But yeah. I got a chance to spend some time with Bryce Hall at ACC kickoff here in Charlotte a few weeks ago. And, you know, one of my missions that over the couple of days that I was able to be there was to getting a chance to talk to Bryce Hall and really finding out why in the world he didn't go, uh, go into the NFL this past year. And, I'll be honest, just kind of being around him, he wasn't like any cornerback I've ever spoken to. You kind of you kind of get a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, assertiveness usually when you talk to corners. Bryce Hall is a very meek, mild-mannered guy, very very calculated in the way that he speaks, uh, really talked about leadership and, and going back to the university so that he can really make a bigger impact on people around him and kind of just this humility and just this, this self-awareness that like, 
I, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like I was talking to a cornerback that, you know, is, is talking trash out on a football field, trying to lock down wide receivers. <laughs> Have you heard anything about this? What do you, I mean, what is your general impressions when I talk like this right now? Yeah. So it reminds me a lot of Byron Jones coming to the Cowboys, whereas like, you know, Jason Garrett, when he, you know, when he started getting more control of the draft from that 2015 time, he drafted guys like Byron Jones who were kind of like those boy scouts and kind of guys who were, you know, humble, didn't really, you know, were more about team guys than me guys. And I think that's kind of where I'm getting the impressions of Bryce Hall having that same Byron Jones mentality coming into the, you know, coming into the league and going to be, Hey, what can I do for you? Instead of what can you guys do for me? So I think that's a really good thing for him to have. And just basically on what you're saying, I think he's really going to crush it in interviews. If he keeps that kind of mentality, I think, I really think Bryce Hall is going to be on the first corner selected, and this only kind of confirms that as long as he can stay healthy. Well, he ain't Jalen Ramsey. That's one, that's one thing we know, right? I mean, to talk about the polar opposite. Listen, Jonah, one of my favorite guys I've watched on film this this uh, summer is Paulson Adebo, the, oh, yeah. the uh, cornerback from Stanford. Uh, and I think he has everything. He's so physical. I yeah. love his ability to mirror. Ball skills are there. Where are you on, on Paulson Adebo? Yeah, so I think Paul Adebo has the highest upside of any corner in this draft. I Big think because, because I think he has, like you said, he has the length, he has the ball skills. He's a former wide receiver, so that translates, and you see that on the field on tape every time you turn it on. And then he has the speed and the quickness to mirror and match receivers downfield and laterally. I'm a big fan of Paul Adebo. I think the only thing he needs is more experience because he's only had really one full year yeah. as a starter. And I think once you get more reps than him, especially because he transitioned from wide receiver, so uh-huh. I, I think it's a, we saw the same thing with Justin Lane last year. I think it's, we're going to see a big jump with Paulson Adebo. I think he's going to have a big year, and I think he could have a chance to be the first corner selected. It's all about just getting those more reps in because I think he has the most upside of any corner in this draft. Interesting. We've named three cornerbacks so far, Bryce Hall, Paulson Adebo, and you mentioned Justin Lane. All three converted wide receivers, right? Very uh, guys, Guys with that background. Hey, man, uh, you want to make some money in the NFL, you, you go, go play corner. Go play exactly. corners. Stop trying to go do that sexy stuff and catch touchdown passes. All right. So uh, let's see here. There's a, there's a name. Um, I've watched a lot of corners. All right. For this class, but there's a name that I haven't seen yet. And he's the guy that's sitting atop the consensus TDN rankings right now, entering the season, referring to Christian Fulton out of LSU. Everyone tells me he was the best LSU corner last year. Sure I want to know if Jonah Tolls believes that. He sure was. I was starting that train right when it got off the rails. I'm telling you right now, with him and Greedy Williams, I started pushing that last year, and, and people were like, oh, that's crazy talk. Greedy Williams is a top five pick in next year's draft. I'm like, dude, Greedy has some flaws. I mean, we saw that, you know, in the draft process come up, come to light. And Christian Fulton is more of that more fluid kind of mover, mirror and match guy, whereas Greedy is more of that press man guy. But make no mistake, Fulton is physical at the line of scrimmage. He can get up in your face. And he has the ability to mirror match and off-man coverage. Very good. What really sold me on Fulton's tape last year was his ability to put this back to the ball. Because you don't see many college cornerbacks have that kind of ability to look over their shoulder, stay with the man, and locate the ball at the catch point. I think Fulton does it really well. You see a lot of corners get a little grabby or they panic when they don't have to turn their back to the ball. Fulton doesn't do that. Very patient, very controlled kind of player. I think he's an NFL-ready guy. Um, I, I wonder how much upside is there in terms of like superstar potential. I don't know if he has a upside of like a Paulson Adebo or even a guy like Jeffrey Okuda, but Fulton has a really NFL made skill set. And I think he's going to make an immediate impact in the league once he gets drafted. Yeah, I'm anxious to get eyes on him. You mentioned a name there, Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State. I have watched his tape. 
I like a lot of what I see. Does he have the ball skills? Does, does he have that confidence when the football's in the air to position himself and make plays on it? Tell me about Jeffrey Okuda and where you're at with him. Gosh, man, he's another one of those guys that I just want to see more of because you only get one, you only have one well, like half season of experience with him. Yeah. And when he goes, you know, he had that big game against Washington in the bowl game. And I think, you know, people started to start to come alive on him. He's a tremendous athlete. He's going to run somewhere in the four threes. He's, he's talking about Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward kind of, you know, build and frame kind of like, you know, that speed, athleticism, kind of that same mold of player. I just wonder if he can translate that into production like Ward and Lattimore did in their final season at Ohio State. Can he carry that torch? It's going to be very interesting to see that because if he does, he can be the first corner selected. So there's a lot of different flavors in this class, and Akuda can be one of the first ones picked if he has a big year. I agree with you on the ball skills. I think that's his biggest thing. That's my biggest holdup with him going into the season. But I think with that comes more experience. A lot of Paulson and Adebo. And I know Adebo is a former wide receiver, so that kind of just immediately translated. But for Akuda, I think, you know, with more reps and more – more snaps he takes, the more confidence he's going to get. So I think Akuda must be patient on him and see what he does this season. Then we can truly evaluate what he does. I want to get to a lot more cornerbacks here, but I'm looking over the list that we have on the draftnetwork.com. We just released our database for the 2020 season and I'm sorting it by cornerback and I'm looking at all the top names and I don't know the first 10 or at least six foot. I mean, we've got size here. We're not dealing with 5'10 Denzel Ward this year. We've got size at corner. Right. And, and, I mean, for for me, like, you look at guys like A.J. Terrell, C.J. Henderson. Both these guys are 6'1", 6'2", and they can both move. I mean, these aren't aren't your stiff Stanley Jean Baptistes now. These are guys who can move, who can, you know, mirror and match at the line of scrimmage because a lot of people don't understand is – when you're a press corner, you have to do a lot more mirroring with your feet than you actually realize. People think, oh, if you just have the physicality, you have the length, you can be a press corner. That's not always the case. You have to be able to mirror and match with your feet as well, and both these guys can do that. So you have a lot of different flavors in this class, and I think with this length and you know with, with this quickness and combination of all of that, there's a lot of talent. This is probably one of the most talented cornerback classes I've ever scouted. I've been scouting since 2013. C.J. Henderson's a name you brought up. He's out of Florida. Player I've studied so far this summer, and I mean, his production is really outstanding in terms of right. how little he gives up, right? Like his passer rating against his coverage was unbelievably low last year. Just didn't give up much. When I watch Henderson, I'd like a lot of what I see. I think there's some footwork stuff he needs to clean up, uh, particularly when he's playing close to the line of scrimmage. Where are you at with Henderson? Can he be cornerback one? A lot of people think that. Yeah, so I, I think you bring up a lot of good points with Henderson. I think he's not the sum of his parts yet. And what I mean, what I mean by that is he has really all the tools you want. He had, the, the picture's there. You just got to put the puzzle pieces in there because I think he has the footwork. He has the athleticism. He clearly has the length. I just want to see him put it all together on a consistent basis because you see in flashes, right? You want to bottle it up and you want to see him do it on a consistent basis on tape. You know, the, you know, his production was great, but you see on film in the all 22 that he does give up separation when he doesn't really need to because he has the tools to kind of stay on the hip pocket. And he resorts to old habits like lunging, or getting grabby. I, I want to see him, you know, trust his technique and get there on a consistent basis. If Henderson can do that, I think he can really rise in that top cornerback status. But there are a lot of guys contending for that, so it's kind of hard to say. But make no mistake, I really like C.J. Henderson. I just want to see him put it all together for one full season. Another name you brought up when uh, in one of your uh, answers earlier was A.J. Terrell, cornerback from Clemson, another player that I'm familiar with. I like a lot about A.J. Terrell. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like he leaves a little bit of meat on the bone. He's kind of calculated when he when he's going to tackle or sometimes calculated when he has opportunities to drive on the football. I like his ceiling. Obviously, the athletic skill set's really exciting. His movement skills are really exciting. I think he can match patterns really well. But I think there's another step. There's room for growth with A.J. Terrell, but he could be another top 50 type player. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned it. With he's a little more calculated, not as, more like passive than a lot of these other corners. But I think you saw his confidence grow as the season went on, right? He had the pick six against Bama. Yeah. And I think he, I think he's really coming into his own. Um, again, this guy is special. I think this guy is, you know, is a four-four guy, six-two, long arms. He can move, man. You don't see corners his size that can move an off-man and press like that. Because with the Clemson corners, they play more of that side saddle coverage. So you have to be able to really move in that kind of, you know, scheme and stuff. So I think AJ Terrell, I think he has all the tools you want. Again, this cornerback class, just talking about all these guys. I mean, Hall, Kuda, Henderson, Terrell, Trayvon Diggs, Christian Fulton. I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, you may, I mean, we only saw one first round corner last year, DeAndre Baker. That was at the end of the first round. We might see five or six guys in the first round this year. Again, and reestablish a cornerback position as one of the most valuable positions in the first round next year's draft. I want to specifically ask you about Trayvon Diggs, a player you just mentioned out of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, Trevor just did his five-play prospect on Trayvon Diggs. Right. Where are you at on him? Dude, I, I love Trayvon Diggs. Uh, he's, been one, he's been one of my guys since the very beginning. I remember I got an argument with someone last year about Trayvon Diggs against Ole Miss, and they were telling me how you know Trayvon Diggs got burned and whatnot. I was like, man, that was the other Alabama corner. Trayvon Diggs was yeah. locking down everyone he faced. He, he locked down DK Metcalf for about three or four good reps. And this is against NFL talent, AJ Brown, Demarcus Lodge, DK Metcalf. He was lights out. And Trayvon Diggs, you know, the biggest thing with him is his injuries. If he can stay healthy and get put up a full season for, of, of tape, uh, I think that's the biggest thing for him. Because if he can stay healthy, he really has all the tools, like I mentioned. Great athlete, brother of Stephon Diggs. And that shows at the catch point. You can see he has those wire receiver, that wire receiver background, also a converted wire receiver. And I think he's still learning the position. I think as he continues to learn and get more reps, that's all he needs because he hasn't had the opportunity for those reps because he's been hurt. So I want to see him get a full season of tape because he really has all the movement skills, all the ball skills, the length, the physicality you want in a press man cornerback. Jalen Johnson, Chase Lucas. Uh, Jalen Johnson's from Utah, Chase Lucas from Arizona State. Do they belong in this discussion amongst the top prospects for the cornerback position? Um, it, it, it's tough to say just because it's such a loaded class. I mean, we've we already mentioned like eight or eight or nine corners who right. are in that top tier. I'm not sure about Lucas yet, but I will say about Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson's production is incredible. I, I love his ball production. I love his ball skills. The one thing I'm worried about Jalen Johnson is how fast he is because you see on tape on the all 22 where receivers will run, will, will run across his face and he hasn't, he doesn't have the speed or the, you know, you know, flexibility to recover and I think that's one of the biggest things with Jalen Johnson and that all 22 can really expose a corner's hips and speed because you can see running no matter you know what if they catch the ball or what on every route you can see that consistent separation so I wonder if you know if Jalen Johnson is going to get may get a little exposed this year but at the same time that ball production does not lie and he has a he has a knack for it he has a nose for it um, he's pretty physical I like his ability to tackle the big thing with him, though, is I just wonder how fast he is. I, he may be a four-five, four-six guy, and at his size, I, I, I want to see I want to see him move better. But he is incredibly physical. I mean, he's a lot more physical than players, you know, three inches taller than him. And I really like that about him. Really physical. I think he can be a good nickel in the league. 
I just want to see how fast he is. I, I think he's quick, but he's one of those guys who's quicker than fast. And playing the outside, I think you got to have some requisite amount of speed there to be drafted in the first couple of rounds. So I want to see how fast he is before I put him in that top tier. Feels like we've talked about 10 names so far already with this cornerback class. A lot of guys that you're very high on me as well. Yeah. Who, who are some names that maybe belong in this conversation or you can see getting into this conversation that aren't quite getting that preseason buzz right now? Yeah, so the, the one name that really comes to mind is Cam Dantzler from Mississippi State. And this is a guy that, you know, kind of falls a little below the radar, but he has that length. He reminds me a lot of Akello Witherspoon coming out of Colorado to where he has, you know, that long, lean frame, good ball skills, you know, really fits that press man corner on the outside role in the NFL. I really like what he brings to the table in terms of traits. You know, he, he had a really good productive year last year. I want to see him do that again. Put another consistent year of tape, and he can really rise into a top cornerback status as well. Another guy is Jeff Gladney from TCU. And this guy really, you know, you, you only see him, in, you only see his talent in flashes because I think his play speed doesn't match what, how athletic he is. And he was on Bruce Feldman's uh, top freaks list um, from the athletic, and it shows. I mean, this guy is an explosive athlete, you know, can mirror match with anybody in coverage, stay on the hip pocket. But I think his play speed in terms of processing is just not there yet. I want to see him kind of speed the game up in terms of pacing with his mentally and, and kind of match up with his physical gifts. So Gladney and Dantzler are two very gifted corners who could really rise in that top cornerback sets with a good year. I just want to see more consistency out of both. All right, get your wet blanket out, Joan. We've said a lot of nice things about a lot of really good football players. Yeah. Who's overrated right now with this cornerback class? People that are talking up or maybe just – you know, going off of production, but there's, there's yep. warts on tape. Who's the guy? Yeah. So I, I've seen this guy in, you know, some first, second round mocks of early. And I know it's way too early to, to criticize those. Those are just dark throws, but Lavert Hill from Michigan. This yeah. is a guy that I think, you know, he's a good player for what he is, but people putting him in that top tier with the Bryce Halls, the Paulson Debo, I, I just don't see it. I see a guy who's probably a nickel corner in the league. I just don't see where he has the, you know, I just don't see where he has the physicality or the speed to kind of handle uh, duties on the outside in the NFL. I just, I, I, I see too much separation for a guy his size. And I think he leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of the physical aspect of the game. So I want to see him kind of, you know, fix those holes, kind of like how Chauncey Gardner-Johnson did at Florida last year. I know they play different positions, but Gardner-Johnson got a lot more physical in his, in his last year. So I want to see LeVert Hill kind of do the same kind of thing, but to put him on the level of a guy like A.J. Terrell, Trayvon Diggs, Akuda, Fulton, Debo Hall, this is not the same kind of player. I see him more in that tier two, tier three range, you know, where, you know, you see probably a third, fourth, fifth kind of range. Like, more, more so like I see, like, David Long coming out of Michigan last year. I don't see LeVert Hill as a significantly better prospect than that, if that. So, I'm a little lower on LeVert Hill than most. But, again, I, I think he's good for what he is. I just don't want to see him put up, you know, on a stool to where he can't, you know, live up to yeah, and he's listed at 5'11", 168, in addition to some of the concerns. I, I wasn't high on him last year when I did his tape, when he right. was getting some buzz, and people were a little bit surprised that maybe he went back to school, and then it's like, well, watch tape. <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do. Well, his traits, the reason why you say that is because you scout from an NFL eye. So, and people will say, well, he's a great college player, but at the same time, he does, his traits don't really translate all that well to today's NFL, where you have to get really physical, you know, play, you know, play, you know, play on the outside and the inside. You have kind of versatility. I just don't know what he's going to provide at that another. Like, you know, what I mean, it's it's almost like he has a skill set you can get in any other draft. 
But again, at the same time, his physical traits are you know leave a little bit to be desired. You know, with five eleven, one sixty eight. I mean, you could probably you could find a better frame than that in any draft. And his skills aren't like transcendent enough to where okay, you know, I have to take him, you know, in, on day two because it's, it's different from a guy like Jordan Lewis who you know was an elite, was was elite at the catch point, had elite movement skills. I don't see either thing with Levert Hill, so I, I just want to see more out of him. I want to see him kind of stand out in ways he had, he didn't stand out in the last couple of years on tape. So I, I really want to see more from Levert Hill. Levanta Taylor, the Florida State cornerback, had a really yeah. good season in 2017. He had a ton of injuries last year, and you know he played through them, and his tape was bad. And now he's moving to safety. A 5'10", 180-pound guy with great feet from what I saw in 2017 is moving over to safety. What's up with this transition? Do you think it's necessary? Are you excited about it? Levanta Taylor, uh, defensive back, I guess, from Florida State. I think it is a necessary change because I think to think he was going to play on the outside in the NFL was, um, was foolhardy. I think just because, you know, 5'10 is probably very generous. Um, I think he's probably more on that 5'9. He's closer to 5'9 than he is 5'10. Let's put it that way. And I think he, I think he's a pretty physical dude. So I, I think you put him in the nickel. I think that plays pretty much maximizes the skill set, what he wants to do in terms of being a good run defender. Um, in terms of getting physical with the line of scrimmage, match, mirroring, matching with those quick slot receivers, that's what he does best. I mean, he's a 4-3 guy, really athletic in terms of his movement skills. I, I want to see Levante Taylor in a nickel kind of role, kind of like how Florida used Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I think that'd be a great role for him. Um, now, do I think he's you know a top-tier guy? No, I, I don't. Because I, I think he still has to prove his consistency and, and durability. And again, those top guys are kind of reserved for those outside roles in terms of you know, having that versatility to play inside or out, um, you know, having that length, the movement skills, all the total package, like the Bryce Halls, the Paul Sadibos, whatnot. Levante Taylor's not on that level, but at the same time, there's going to be a defined role for him in the next level. That's going to be in the nickel. And I think it's a great transition for him to do this right now than to do it without any experience in it. We've spent a lot of time talking cornerbacks and uh, probably more than I was planning on, but I do want to get a little bit into the safety class and yeah. our final minutes together here. Grant Delpit, right? He's the guy at safety. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Is there any caution we need to, to be aware of, or, or is it okay to fall deeply in love with Grant Delpit? Man, I don't know why there's any reason why you wouldn't want to fall in love with Grant Delpit. I mean, the only – if he gets hurt – unless he gets hurt, I think he's in that Quentin Nelson, you know, Miles Garrett time kind of prospect range. I know it's high praise, but at the same time, you go in – you draft him, you know he's an immediate impact starter for your team. This guy is going to have that Jamal Adams effect where he's going to get into the locker room, he's going to change the culture – I really like what he brings to the table, man. He can play deep. He can roam in sideline to sideline as a center fielder. Great ball skills. Can come up downhill and make some tackles. I think he's a total package. You know, in today's NFL, you want to have interchangeable safeties. He is the living embodiment of that. I love Grant Delpit. I think he's going to be a top five slam dunk player in this draft. Grant Delpit or Derwin James? Give me Grant Delpit coming out of LSU because I think Derwin James coming out of Florida State I had some issues with some of his processing speed. Obviously, I think he's, you know, I, I think he's just continuing to get better and better with more reps he takes. And I think we saw that in rookie year with the Chargers. But coming out of college, I think I'd take Delpit coming out of, you know, LSU as opposed to Derwin James coming out of Florida State, just because I trust what he does and covers better than what I saw from Derwin at Florida State. Jonah, bless the draft community and write that article, please. <laughs> <laughs> I need it from you, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I would love to read that. A couple more I want to get to here. I know you haven't done an extensive work on Xavier McKinney, the safety yeah. from Alabama, but you've, you're at least familiar. Is this a first-round guy? Um, 
uh, see, I, I, I'm pretty much on the boundary here. Is again, there's this class is gonna be loaded, as you know. I mean, this class is. I think it's better than last year's class, and it, for safeties to get in the first round, you have to be almost. Tra- you, have, you have to like transcend. You have to have transcendent talent. And McKinney, I think he's a really good player. I think he's really explosive coming downhill. He can play in the slot. He can guard and man. He can play man coverage. He's a pretty reliable dude. I, I think he can find his way into the first round, but I think he's on that boundary. Yeah, I, I like what I saw from his tape. There aren't a lot of plays where you just start scratching your head, so he doesn't really get you in a lot of trouble. But at the same time, I don't really see a lot. Of, you don't see a lot of like flashy plays in coverage. You don't see a lot of big time play. He's a really explosive dude coming downhill. So I really like what he can do, especially in terms of what he can do in man coverage. It's always dangerous when you and I have mutual love for a prospect that not a lot of people are talking about. And that's the case with Reggie Floyd, safety <laughs> from Virginia Tech, man. You and I both are big fans of this guy. Tell the listeners about what they can uh, what they can find in Reggie Floyd, the safety from Virginia Tech. Listen, man, I mean, when we have mutual love for a prospect, it's a good thing. Look at Tyler yes. Boyd. So, right. it, it took Tyler Boyd three years, but hey, we, we're there. <laughs> with, with, with Reggie Floyd, the big thing with him is that I just – I love everything he brings to the table. His size, his range, uh, his ability to come downhill and really just explode through ball carriers. He really has everything you look for. You just want to see more of that processing speed, kind of, you know, speed up the pace of the game mentally for him. And once he does that, I think he's really going to all come together because he has all the tools. I mean, you look at Virginia Tech, they put out some insane athletes, you know, in the last couple of years. You had the Edmonds brothers. I mean, those guys both blew up the combine, both win the first round. I think Floyd has that kind of potential. He has those kind of tools. I don't know about first round yet, because again, it's still got another season to play. But Floyd, this guy has all the tools you want. I mean, this, he didn't he didn't have a lot of you know experience playing deep in terms of you know being a center fielder or going sideline to sideline. But when he did, man, this guy has the range to do it, and he has the explosiveness to come downhill and really you know be a reliable impact player and run support. I'm a big fan of Reggie Floyd. Sometimes he wants to be too aggressive and kind of run through ball carriers instead of break down. But at the same time, he's got a, he's got a tone setter either in the back, in defensive backfield or in run support in the box. I'm a big fan of Reggie Floyd. I hope he kind of puts it all together mentally because his tools are all there. All right, clean up this safety thing for us. I'll give you like a minute or so. Just kind of blitz any other names that you want our listeners to know about as we uh, we're on the doorstep here of the of the 2019 college football season. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you two names. One name is Jalen Hawkins from Cal. He's a senior. And if you remember Marquise Blair from Utah, yep. at this time last year, he was not getting any hype. And this guy was, you know, a rail-thin, 6'2", 175-pound safety, whatever it was. Really physical dude. Played bigger than his size. And, you know, his ball skills and range were phenomenal. I, I think you could see that. That's why the Seahawks drafted him in the second round. Maybe a little higher than people thought, but, you know, they saw the traits and they're banking on it. Jalen Hawkins, same sort of player. 6'2", kind of like that two, uh, 185, 190 range, kind of a tall, lanky safety, plays deep, good range, good ball skills. I really like what he provides. You know, may, may need to bulk up in terms of a little bit of muscle for the, for the draft process, but he's going to be in the senior bowl. You can bank on that. Another guy is DeMar Hamlin from Pittsburgh, and I know you're probably familiar with him. He's ACC stuff, but DeMar Hamlin, you know, plays a little bit, kind of like how Jordan Whitehead played, more that nickel kind of little – entertainers between deep safety and nickel a little bit, but I love what he does in man coverage and the NFL today, you know, your, your safeties have to be more, have to be more adept in man coverage than ever before. And I love how he, provi- how he provides that kind of ability. I think he fits exactly what today's NFL looks for in terms of a big nickel to cover those tight ends like the Zach Hurts, the Travis Kelsey's and whatnot. 
Hamlin can do that. I think Hamlin has the man cover skill set to be an NFL safety. I would like what he provides on the table, and I'm a big fan of what he provides, you know, inside and in, in, in run support. So Hamlin and Hawkins, two guys you guys got to look out for, and those are my sleepers for um, ahead of college football season for my safety prospects. Now, we don't know if the University of Texas is back, but we know Jonah Tolls is back. It's good to be working <laughs> with you again, brother. Uh, I mean, we're, we're we, it's August 1st, and we just ripped through, I don't know, 15, 20 different names just in the defensive backfield alone. I know that I probably only scratched the surface uh, of your knowledge right now in terms of this class entering the season. Looking forward to talking to you a lot. Obviously, we, we talk all day, talking ball in our Slack channel, uh, getting ready for the season, but uh, we'll have to get you on uh, pretty regular here because you got a lot of information here and you've got that special uh, niche there with your your wisdom on the defensive backfield. And I really appreciate you blessing me and the listeners today with uh, with some nuggets here as we get ready for the college football season. Well, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. I mean, again, I'm a, I have a listener of drafted, so I'm always going to be tuning in. So I, I'm, I'm really grateful for you having me on here, Joe. Imagine not subscribing to the Draft Dudes podcast. <laughs> Could not be Jonah Tolls. Could not be me. I uh, appreciate you, brother. Thank you guys for listening to this show. We kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Today we blitz defensive backs with Jonah Tolls. We're going to do the same thing tomorrow with Brad Kelly, but we're going to talk all about these wide receivers. He just put out his uh, – he started his new series called Wide Receiver or Wide Out Wednesday, and he lifts, he listed his initial tiers uh, of players, and there's a lot of good names to get into, and we're going to do it tomorrow here on the podcast. So don't miss that. Make sure you're subscribed, and until tomorrow, thanks so much for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.